most people seem to have this idea that other people cross our boundaries. And this is a big myth that I'm going to bust. Because the truth is, if our boundaries are being crossed, we are the one crossing the boundary. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. The topic for today is one that I really take seriously. It's something that I've been working on for the past years because I think it's one of the most important things that we should work on to be a superhuman, not just at work, but in everyday life. Nancy Levin is a master coach and the creator of the Levin Life Coach Academy. And she's going to be here speaking about her latest book, Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free. Now, boundaries is a huge topic, and it's something that we should all become more aware of, more conscious about. And we're definitely going to go into some more details on how this can be applied in your life, because I think that once you start doing this more consciously, you're going to see a lot more satisfaction in your life and a lot less resentment and frustration. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with Nancy, she hosts her own weekly call-in radio show, Jumpstart Your Life on Hay House Radio, and has been the event director at Hay House for over 10 years in the past, but now has written over five best-selling books, including Jump, Your Life Will Appear, Worthy, Booth Your Self-Confidence, and Grow Your Net Worth, and Writing for My Life, and Permission to Put Yourself First. Amongst this, she has traveled the world, has done talks around these topics, and today she's going to be enlightening us with this latest book, which has been the common thread in a lot of her literature about boundaries. Let's focus right into it and have a good time. Nancy Levin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here with you. I'm a little nervous, Nancy. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, because boundaries is a big topic. It's one that I constantly want to stay curious about and become more aware of. But, you know, for the benefit of people tuning into here, we're talking superhumans at work. Maybe boundaries is not common as what exactly it is. Maybe some people are thinking, are we talking about quarantine? So could you elaborate more on this broad spectrum of what boundaries are and why it's so important? Sure. So I define boundaries as the limits that we set around what we will or will not do, will or will not tolerate, and will or will not accept. My boundaries are very personal to me. Yours are personal to you. And here's the thing. Most people seem to have this idea that other people cross our boundaries. And this is a big myth that I'm going to bust because the truth is if our boundaries are being crossed, we are the one crossing the boundary. And so just breathe that in if that is new information for you. (laughs) But what that does first and foremost is move us out of blame and victim into responsibility and empowerment. If I know that my boundaries are my responsibility, not only to set but to maintain. So I'll also say that it's not anyone else's job to uphold, respect, or honor my boundaries. It's up to me. So my boundaries are between me and me first and foremost, even if they involve another person. And if I choose to verbalize my boundary, 
because not all boundaries need to be verbalized. Again, if my boundary is ultimately between me and me, and it's up to me to set it and me to hold it, I don't necessarily need to verbalize it. But if I choose to, first, I have to be willing to know that I am going to hold it. Otherwise, I'm the little girl who cries wolf because we really teach people how to treat us. And so if I set a boundary and don't hold it, if I verbally express a boundary and don't hold it, I'm sending the message that I'm not taking myself seriously. Why should anybody? Well, we came out the gate swinging here. Oh, yeah, that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a powerful reframe. So just to recap, if I understand this correctly, so boundaries is things that are non-acceptable to us. We set as non-acceptable behaviors by others that people can do to us, but it's up to us to set them correctly. It's up to us. It's not just about other people. I want to be really clear about that. So it's not Mm. about what's unacceptable that people do to us. And that's why I think it's really important to name that the boundary is not about what someone else does or doesn't do. So the boundary is not about someone else behaving differently. And the boundary is not about someone doing anything differently. So the boundary really is what's okay and not okay for me and how I'm going to take care of myself. And I think that's a big distinction. That is a big distinction because boundaries oftentimes it's almost perceived as, oh yeah, this is a tool to kind of push everyone away. Right. And it's almost like, wow, look at these irresponsible humans jumping around me. And now I need to kind of put a blockade around all of them. And if something happens, then guess what? It's those people who aren't respecting my boundaries. And guess what? It's like, we're now a turbocharged spiritual victim. Right, (laughs) right, exactly. So that's why I'm saying once we can make that shift, we move out of victim mode. We move out of blaming everyone else for the state of our reality (laughs) and we take responsibility and then we're empowered to make change. Most people do relate to boundaries as being somehow restrictive or constrictive or depriving. But I really look at boundaries as being expansive. I look at boundaries as being the way that we are carefully choosing and consciously curating the content of our life. Oh, wow. I love that. As I'm navigating this, because I think the reality is most of us are probably not even clear exactly on what our own boundaries are. And so I'd love to maybe give us an example. And given that this is superhumans at work, maybe a work style example of what does it look like when someone is not very clear on this whole idea of boundaries and how do they typically play a victim in the workplace? First of all, one of the primary ways we cross our own boundaries is saying yes when we want to say no. Mm. And we say yes, often out of some feeling of responsibility or obligation, or we don't want someone to be angry or disappointed or mad at us, or we want to swoop in and be the hero and the fixer and the savior especially in the workplace, we're also sort of looking at things as all or nothing. So if I don't say yes, I'm going to get fired or something like that. And that's not really what we're dealing with. If you're willing to really look at, okay, here's my scope of work. Here's what I'm being paid. Here are my hours. And I'm now being asked to do something far beyond that without compensation. 
the impulse, the knee jerk is to say yes. Mm-hmm. We can simply say something like, I'm not available to stay late tonight. I'm happy to do this project next week, you know, when I'm working or whatever that might sound like. But again, it's really checking in with what's okay and not okay for me instead of responding or reacting out of fear and also really checking in on what is the motivation around me answering. So it's really important to build in a pause like that. And so again, to keep it on me instead of on someone else. So again, a boundary isn't pointing a finger at someone else or you can't or you must or you know, I need you to, but a boundary is really about checking in. Does this work for me? Is this okay for me? Do I already have plans tonight so I can't stay late? You know, I can either honor myself or I can honor something that is perhaps inappropriate. We have to be weighing those things. You know, you talked about the energy that you say yes with. I think that's an important thing to kind of expand on because sometimes we'll say yes, like you said, out of fear, out of guilt, Mm -hmm. but it's not a yes out of excitement of wanting to take on that task or that extra project. It's almost like you'll end up doing it with different kind of energy and you'll bring different kinds of results. Do you have like big buckets of typical energies that we usually respond to boundaries or crossing a boundary whenever something like this happens? Yeah, so here's what I'll say is that So a yes needs to come from desire. And when we say yes, but we want to say no, we will feel the resentment rising. And so that is a big feeling in a big bucket. Resentment is a telltale sign that a boundary needs to be put into place. One thing I want to bring up is I think probably in 2020 with everybody working from home, expectations of having more free time has probably Mm -hmm. been the biggest boundary Mm -hmm. breaker. Mm -hmm. I think that fear of losing our work during a recessionary time Mm -hmm. might have been something where a lot of us have compromised on these boundaries. And so what have you noticed in this year? And what are some of the ways that you could express these boundaries more strongly without feeling that you would be reprimanded in the process? Sure. So I have worked with a lot of clients around this. Everything from putting something on an autoresponder, my hours are, and if you send me an email outside of these hours, I'll get back to you tomorrow or whatever that looks like. Putting an outgoing voicemail that even says, here's when I'm available. I check my voicemail twice a day, something like that. It's putting something out there that says, here are my limits, here are my parameters that I'm working inside of. I've coached clients around sharing this information, even with their supervisors. Even though I'm home, I'm sticking to my same, you know, here are my work hours, here's when I'll be available. Not just that, but even for entrepreneurs who are already often in the place of thinking they need to work 24-7. So I work very closely with entrepreneurs around really clearly setting their boundaries, whatever it is. I work Monday through Thursday, 10 to four, here it is. And then emails go out or voicemail or whatever is there. But the big thing, and again, back to how we cross our own boundaries. If you say, you know, I don't take calls on Fridays and then you answer the phone on a Friday, what have you done? 
You cross you your know, own boundary. That's right. This is why it really puts us in the driver's seat and we have to really hold. And especially when we're operating out of fear or operating out of workaholism or operating out of whatever it might be, we have to really check ourselves what message am I sending? How am I honoring myself? How am I crossing my boundary here out of fear or whatever it might be? Hey, everybody that listens to Superhumans at Work, know that all of these episodes are recorded with a live studio audience. Mind Valley members get a chance to join these sessions with the author themselves while we record these sessions. And at the end of every show, they actually get to participate in a Q&A session as well. If ever you're interested in joining Mind Valley All Access and become a member yourself, you'll get access to all the incredible courses from Mind Valley and so much more to be involved with Superhumans at Work, the Mind Valley podcast, and all the other incredible features when you become a member. We are disrupting the way that education works for the 21st century and we want you to be a part of it. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman so you can learn more about this incredible offer, which will cost you less than $2 a day. That's mindvalley.com forward slash S-U-P-E-R-H-U-M-A-N. There's a couple things you've mentioned that I think are really, really powerful. So understanding that you know a boundary has been crossed, resentment is typically an emotion that comes up. And Mm -hmm. that's the times you say yes and the times you truly wanted to say no. We act out of fear and this is the reasons why we'll end up crossing our boundaries is going to be a very typical thing. But when we act from desire, then you know you're actually honoring yourself in the process. Mm Knowing this, amazing. Acting on this, not as instant. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be curious to know, where mm-hmm. do we typically start? If I'm becoming aware of this and I'm feeling guilty that, okay, I've crossed my own boundaries many times. Are there baby steps I'm supposed to mm-hmm. take? Are there some things I could be doing to get a lot more awareness of what are these things that cross? Because I might not even be aware of what my boundaries are. I'm just walking around being resentful. Yeah. <laughs> First, I'm talking for sure to all my people pleasers, peacekeepers, conflict avoiders, not rock the boaters out here. (laughs) I know that there are some of us here. (laughs) Well, I'm Canadian, so I think that was right. Of course, it's just exactly, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, when we're identifying as those, what's really happening is we're living other referenced. So we're focusing on everyone else around us and we're not putting attention on ourselves. We're doing it because, for example, for me, for many, many years, you know, I knew my value and my worth by what I did, what I achieved, what I produced, you know, chasing the gold stars, chasing the external validation and The truth is that no amount of gold stars is ever going to be enough to fill the void. So everything we're seeking to resolve, we're seeking externally, we have to resolve internally first. Also recognizing that we may tend to orient toward what do they think? What do they want? What do they need? What do they feel? So part of the beginning first steps is to really reorient the attention to what do I need? What do I think? What do I feel? What do I want? To really start considering yourself. The baseline is giving yourself permission to consider your own needs at least as much as you're considering the needs of everyone else. At least as much. Then 
give yourself permission to consider your needs even more than you're considering the needs of others. And then the real boundary ninja move is give yourself permission to consider your needs first before you consider the needs of others. Now, nowhere in here did I say don't consider the needs of others. I'm simply saying check in with yourself first instead of orienting toward someone else because this is actually going to allow you to make sure that you're saying yes when you want to say yes, that you're saying no when you want to say no. It might even be simple as really taking a moment to think about the question, you know, if someone says to you, what do you want for dinner? Usually the answer is, I don't care. What do you want? Right? I mean, that's usually the answer to really consider, huh, what do I actually want for dinner? I mean, it sounds so simple, but we often acquiesce. We often just give in. We often compromise or collapse. And I'm really much more of a fan of collaboration I'm also aware that, you know, most people think that the goal of relating, any kind of relating, intimate partnership, family, friends, that the goal of relating is harmony at all cost. And here's the deal. Harmony at all cost comes at a very high cost. And it comes at a high cost to us. When we are gunning for that harmony, we're in this loop in our head of what do I need to do or say to make everything be okay? Takes us out of the present moment. It takes us out of what's true for us. We're just, how can I package myself to be digestible to you? Is it basically what's happening? We have to first reorient ourselves toward what is okay for us and what we want and desire and start operating from that place. And I'll add two things because it will inevitably come up. So I'll just throw it right in here. First one is one of the biggest questions I get. Well, Nancy, isn't that selfish? And I will be the first to say I am on the bandwagon to reclaim selfishness. I believe selfish self-care and self-love are three sisters whose job it is to support us in honoring ourselves. We have pushed selfish away. We've disowned selfish to such a degree that we praise ourselves for being selfless. And in selfless, we disappear. We vanish. So I'm really on my soapbox about reclaiming selfish. The other question I get very often is, don't you feel guilty when you put yourself first? And I'll say, Guilt in this context is an indicator that I'm honoring my own needs. So guilt in this context means I'm on the right track. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I think we got a bit of a let that sink in moment. Tell us more about this guilt and we're on the right track because most people would think that every time you feel guilty, you've done something wrong and you should fix it. I'm going to take the other stand here that, and again, in this context, if you feel guilty for taking care of your own needs first or doing something that you need to do for you, and the voice in your head is you should be doing X, Y, Z for everybody else, the guilt is actually here to remind you that you have needs 
that you are worthy of taking care of your own needs, that everything else can actually wait. What I think so many of us are prone to doing, you know, the metaphor for me really is, I'll say it's a metaphor, but I've had clients to say, no, 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 that really is me. (laughs) We'll set the table with the fine lace cloth and the fine china and the crystal and the silver and the big juicy steak or the big juicy tofu and make sure everyone has their seat and everyone has what they need. And then we're in the kitchen in the dark eating crumbs over the sink. And we think that's okay. So this is really about, am I willing to not only give myself a seat at the table, but a seat at the head of the table? Am I willing to actually enter the conversation and have a voice? This has been a powerful conversation, Nancy. And I'm a little stunned. For those of you who are watching this on video, have already commented on it a little bit. I see you, Barbara. If you're listening to this on the podcast, we have an additional Q&A that we do with the members. We get to do these recordings live. If ever you're interested in that, just go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman, become a member so you can join us on future conversation. There was one last thing I wanted to ask, Nancy, because mm-hmm. you've dropped so many amazing reframes, new ways to look at boundaries, understanding why it's so important. But I wanted to talk about if I'm taking action, and I'm very hopeful that people that are listening to this have had an aha moment, and they are going to want to start taking action on this, which means they might start showing up differently than how most people are used to seeing us show up. What does that beginning moment of you enforcing boundaries look like from how other people are going to treat you? Because I feel like there would be resistance, surprising you know, fight back against us wanting to put ourselves first since we haven't done it for so long. It helps to shift the language away from something so harsh as enforcing boundaries or even projecting or anticipating a conflict. First of all, what happens when we're evolving and we're sort of test driving new behavior, we're changing the rules of engagement with the people we're in relationship with. So they may have a desire for us to stay as we've been. It also can happen that we're holding up a mirror to them about the ways in which they're not evolving and they're not changing, which can be confrontational for them to themselves. So again, a boundary is not telling someone else what they can or cannot do or telling someone else what to do. A boundary is naming, mom, I noticed that you're calling me a lot. And I'm only available to talk in the evenings. So if you call me before 6 p.m., it's going to go to voicemail and I'll call you back when I'm able. I never in there said, don't call me. I never said, do something different. I just said, here's what I'm going to do. It can even go to, you know, something like, I notice I feel really uncomfortable when you have more than two drinks at dinner. So I'm just letting you know ahead of time, if you decide to have more than two drinks, I'm gonna get home on my own, or I'm gonna go in the other room, or I'm going to whatever it is I'm going to do. Now, if we're dealing with a reasonable human, we can make a request. Are you willing to only have two drinks when we have dinner tonight? We can make a request. But it's always good to sort of have that company line of, Here's how I'm going to take care of myself. Here's what I'm going to do to take care of me. If we're not dealing with a reasonable person, i.e. 
a narcissist, an abuser, whatever that might look like, it's not really helpful to make a request. We really need to stand our ground. An addict, exactly. We need to stand our ground in a different way. But again, not everything needs to be said out loud. And I feel like when you do stand your ground, you are providing a path for the other person to have that mirror moment, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned. And Mm -hmm. that's the biggest gift you can give for someone else as well for their own self-awareness and their own growth, isn't it? It is. And, you know, back to what I was saying about harmony at all costs, here's what I've discovered, you know, especially for those of us who are afraid of conflict. We think we're afraid of a fight or we think we're afraid of like a disagreement. First of all, conflict is really just an illumination of our differences. And if we're in a true, honest, loving relationship, again, intimate partnership, family, friends, if we're in a true, honest, open, loving relationship, there's room for my truth and your truth. So if we find ourselves really fearing conflict, it's not about a fight. What we're really fearing underneath it all is that the relationship itself doesn't hold water and we have a choice to make that we may not want to make. We tend to stay on the surface of it, of just avoiding any conflict. That's the walking on eggshells and all of that, because we don't want to really look at the fact that in order to stay in this relationship, I have to cross my own boundaries. That's a hard truth demands courage. And I think with everything that we've talked about today, you've shined a light on a lot of the freedoms and potential that exists when you put yourself at the head of that table, as you've mentioned earlier. Nancy, this whole conversation was so powerful. I am so excited about the latest book that you've put out. I know there's a ton of people here that are listening live who are already jumping on grabbing a copy. I'm going to make sure everybody who's listening to this podcast, if you've been inspired by all the amazing mind-blowing moments that we've had in this episode, definitely go pick up a copy of Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free. Uh, We'll make sure there's a link in the show notes for you to get a copy of that. We also have a link to the social media platforms for Nancy if you want to keep following her, learn more from her. She has been an incredible guest on the show. I'm completely blown away. Everybody else who's been here live also, I'm listening into the comments and is just seeing diamonds and mind blowing, which has been fantastic. If I can recap how the biggest things I've taken away from this is first off, understanding that boundaries has nothing to do with others, has everything to do with myself. It's me first on how I set them, how I enforce them, how I start actually considering how do I stop putting other people's needs first, maybe considering that my needs can be equal, can be more, and I can go to being at the head of the table. There's a progression. So these new insights, they're great to have, but it's going to be a reminder and there's going to be some steps to take. The people around me might need to adjust, but it's going to be my responsibility. And it always comes back to me, which I think is a powerful way of giving responsibility to the self, which already is a reinforcement of your own self-worthiness to be able to take that responsibility. We went into some more in-depth ideas around why these boundaries are important, what happens if you take action and something gives you resent. It's almost like that notice, that bell that goes off that says, okay, if I'm feeling resentment in this, it means I've just made a decision that was against my boundaries. So I want to be able to make decisions with desire. When I make powerful decisions with desire, I find that I'll have more energy, I'll be able to do more, and I'll be honoring myself in the process as well. I know this is a recording that everybody's going to want to go back and check out. So yes, there will be a recording for this. Who, those of you who are watching live, for those on the podcast, you can watch this and listen to this a few times. But I just wanted to say, 
Thank you so much, Nancy, for coming and sharing these insights. This has been mind-blowing. And for everybody tuning in, please listen to this, take action on this, and definitely pick up a copy of the book, Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you. Once again, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Superhumans at Work. I'm very grateful for all of you who tune in on a regular basis, listening to these amazing interviews with these guests that I get to find. Now, if you're subscribed to the show, definitely leave us a review if you can and share it with friends so that we can spread the message and get more people to be able to learn of these fantastic ideas that they can bring in their everyday life. And these episodes, of course, are brought to you by Mindvalley. When you go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman, you get to discover the transformational education that we get to deliver where we bring the best technology, the best teachers, and ensure that it teaches you what leads to a truly incredible life. Thanks again for tuning in and watching the show. And until next time, stay superhuman. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Valley podcast. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.